0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Six seconds to go. Comes in the Tucker. Ewing sets a screen. The shot is off. Loose ball. Ewing goes up. The basket comes. Hello and welcome everybody to another episode of Stricken Roll. I'm your host Poo, and this is episode 55. I'm joined by first-time guest of the pod. Her name is S J. You can follow her on Twitter at S J Hoops. S J Basketball Eight. Sorry, there you go. S J Hoops is not is not the at S J Basketball Eight. S J, how are you doing? Nice to have you on for the first time.
1: Yeah, um, it's nice to be on. Thank you again. Um, I'm doing all right. Uh, Yeah, just a long week as usual for me. Um, So yeah, I'm at the end of the week. So I'm doing all right. How are you doing?
0: I'm good. Uh, end of the week, and uh, there's no NBA basketball for a week, which I'm looking forward to yes. not not having in my life. So uh, <laughs> we're we're going to enjoy that. We're going to talk about the Mavericks, a uh, team that is near and dear to SJ's heart. But before we do that, I do have to make a few announcements. The first thing that Strickland has an Instagram, check that out. That is at the Strickland on Instagram. We are posting all kinds of new content. That the Strickland also has a YouTube channel where you may be watching this podcast. If you are, if you haven't done so already, please hit like, subscribe to the channel, leave us a comment. That'd be a huge help to us. Strickland also has merchandise, which you can find on our website at www.strickland. There's a link that'll take you to the merchandise store, and you can find all kinds of cool stuff on there: t-shirts, sweatshirts, hats, coffee mugs, water bottles—you name it, we've got it. And finally, the Strickland has a Patreon, which you can subscribe to. There are a number of different tiers. There's a $6 tier that gets you access to Pod of the podcast that I host every Friday with friends. You also get access to Takes from Obvious Bozos, our newest podcast that is hosted by Andrew Steele, aka Doug, along with Zach Blatter, and you also get access to the Strickland Discord, where the concept, conversation never stops. There for the tiers, there's a nine dollar tier that gets you access to this pod right here, Stricken Roll, my solo pod, right? Rant and rave rant about the next even more. You also get access to wonderful premium articles by Matthew Miranda, one of the best in the business. And now you get access to Strictly NFL, our newest podcast that you guessed that, yes, you guessed it, is. About the NFL that is hosted by Constantine Metricos and Jeffrey Rasmussen. There are further tiers. There's a $15 tier, $30 tier, $15 tier, and a 100 dollars tier those come with a variety of additional benefits, including like the pod recordings, merchandise discounts, and even potentially co-hosting a podcast alongside yours truly one day, whether you choose to subscribe or not, this would be possible without you. And that is going to be possible without Bet Online. Bet Online continues to be your number one source for all your basketball wagering needs, including pro and college hoops throughout the year with up to the minute odds, stats and trends. You can follow your favorite team's path to the playoffs with in-game live betting contests and all the best player props experience the world's best wagering platform anytime for your desktop or your mobile devices head to bet online today to become part of the team and remember to use promo code believe b-l-e-a-v to receive your 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit Bet online the game starts here um all right sj so i wanted to have you on uh because uh the mavericks our team well the knicks fans have a the knicks fans have a tangential interest in the Mavericks still since uh you guys still always a first round pick we're looking, we were looking forward to it last year. Unfortunately, you guys successfully tanked your way uh, into a top-ten <laughs> pick and parlay that into Derek Lively and Olivia Maxson's Prosper. Um, but I want to I, – I look, I, I, I've been guilty of this. I, I think everybody's guilty of this on NBA Twitter anyway. You latch on to a stupid thing a team does, and then that becomes the narrative of that team for however long. And the Mavericks have done several stupid things – um, and I, I, well, we will get into what they did at the deadline. I'll just say very broadly, my initial reaction to what they did at the deadline was, oh my God, like, why are they throwing more chips into the pot? Like, this is crazy. I don't know if these guys moved the needle, blah, blah, blah. Um, but I saw things that you were tweeting and other Mavericks people are tweeting. And then I watched a couple of the games and... Um, you know, I'm not of the opinion that like, yeah, look, they destroyed OKC the first game after the trade. I'm not sure that immediately makes them a title contender. Actually, I think that says something about the idea that OKC maybe not a title contender. Um, but watching that and just kind of seeing the reaction from Mavericks fans, I was like, okay, like maybe, maybe it's time to like let go of the dumb things they've done in the past and, and, and move on and now assess these moves that they're making now separate of those like they are detached uh but i do want to go back because i think to kind of evaluate what they are doing now you have to go back to how we even got here and more critical than anything to getting here is a very very good and awesome thing they did which is trading the fifth overall pick plus a top 10 protected future pick uh for the third pick in the draft which became Luka Doncic. Uh I think that was probably Donnie Nelson's last good move uh for the Mavericks uh and it was a hell of a move. So just going back to that when that trade happened was your initial reaction like cuz my initial reaction was what? Like like wait, like uh, Luka probably should have gone one. He drops to 3. I don't get this. I don't know. What what was your reaction to that?
1: Well, my reaction to that first of all, I mean, you said that's one of the best things that Donny Nelson has ever done. well, I would argue he kind of botched that as well, okay, okay um in the sense that yes, you got Luca, so I mean overall objectively, that's a win, but so the there's another win that, in that draft too, yeah, <laughs> not true but the um we'll get to that, I guess <laughs> um, but the fact that you Get there and you get him. But there were other deals on the table from Atlanta. They could have um taken Baysmore to save themselves that first round pick from 2019. Mm. And I have been of the opinion that one of the mistakes that they have made um is not valuing draft picks, especially at that time. Um, because as we've seen, as the our cat book just explodes, <laughs> um, you know, just like that, instantly, um, you need those you know cheap contracts and guys that can grow with your young star that you're trying to get to build your you know future around. So I think um, yay for getting us Luca. Like my reaction to that, I mean, I <laughs> thought he, you know, I I mean the reporting, I I thought there was a chance just because um, at the time. It was it was he was an obvious number one, but the reporting around Phoenix was just weird. Like it was like Ayton was the guy that they were gonna take, all these ties, but then they, you know, hired Luca's former coach. So yeah. then that was like a curveball where you're like, hmm, maybe they're gonna smarten up <laughs> and like just take the best player there. Um but they didn't, and I never thought the Kings would have um taken him. So I thought, okay, I just thought we were gonna be in there somehow, some way. But my thing is with that being said, you still have to get the little wins. And I think giving up that pick, um, granted, it turned into Cam Reddish. And I mean, I know you guys have thoughts on him as well. Um, he is but a basketball player in the NBA. He's a basketball player, yeah. So it's not like... So far, so far. He, yeah. So I'm not saying that we lost a ton because that he was the pick then. But who knows? Maybe we wouldn't have picked him. Maybe we would have, you know, who knows? And maybe he would have turned out different, you know, if we started in DOS, who knows? Like that's just a whole world of hypotheticals. Um, my point is that I would have liked to have that pick had <laughs> that pick at the time. So I just think even there, that's where you already start one step behind in a certain aspect, even though you know you get a win later on. And even that you you know fumble eventually. Well,
0: we'll, we'll get to that, but um yeah, no, absolutely you talked about it it there's like trickle-down effects of every decision you make, obviously. And, I mean, just in terms of if you had kept the pick, um, which they probably wouldn't have because of a trade they made very soon after, uh, but if they if they had kept the pick, to your point, Cam Johnson, 11, P.J. Washington, who the Mavericks just traded for, 12, Hero, 13. Look, I don't love any of those players necessarily, but, I mean, Cam Johnson, especially, next to a guy like Luca, it's a pretty sweet fit. And, um, you know, again, who knows if the... Mavericks would have taken him. Obviously, when the Suns even picked Cam Johnson, people ridiculed them for that because they felt he was a reach. But, like, he's earned that draft slot. Um, And, yeah, like, again, so you never know how these things can turn out. Um, So, anyway, so they draft Luka. They also draft uh, one Jalen Brunson in that that draft in the second round. Kind of, like, honestly, it's insane looking back at that draft uh, where, like, (laughs) <laughs> the second round, pro- like the end of that first round into the second round, has yielded like some really interesting players. So Nick Claxton goes thirty-one, uh, or no, sorry, this is the this is the year before, uh, or the year after. Sorry, I'm looking at it, but that that 2018 draft there was like a lot of guys that went late. If I remember correctly, that ended up being pretty decent. Um, shamet's had a career, but Sam- Simon's twenty-four, Mo Wagner twenty-five. But then you get into this like second round. And then it's Javon Carter, 32, Jalen Brunson, 33, Mitchell Robinson, 36. So, like, they were some real players. Bruce Brown goes 42 in that draft, Uh, Melton, 46. So, they were, like, real guys that have, you know, kind of stuck around the league and and more than that, obviously, in some cases. Um, But I guess, like, to stick with the 2018 draft for a second here, when they took Brunson, to me, I remember immediately thinking in my head, I was like, I was like, okay, you take Luca, you take Luca, no matter what. That that's its own thing. Once they took Jalen Brunson, in your head, were you like, yeah, they're done with the, uh, Dennis McJr. oh
1: uh, yeah. I mean, after that, it was like, or at the very least, they were hedging. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? So I just felt okay. And I mean, I like Brunson. Granted, his pedigree coming coming out of college, like you can say what you want about. How you thought it would translate in the NBA, but he had a reputation, so it's not like he was a complete no name, you know, coming to the league. Like, he was always going to, I feel like, um, find his way, you know. So, I just felt Dennis Smith Jr., especially with Luha coming in, he was just, um, gonna be the odd man out, but I was willing to, um, see it, you know, at least before I kind of strike it, you know, out. So, I was happy that I at least saw what it could be and realized that it was never going to work. <laughs> um, at the very least, at the time, um, maybe in the future reunion um, when guys are more mature, but I don't think in that moment they would have been or it would have worked the way they wanted to, and they figured that out as well.
0: Um, do you put any of like, I mean, look, Dennis Smith's Obviously, I don't know what the hell happened in his jump shot between gets one of these guys right. The the jump shot just who knows what happens there, but. Do you put any of the blame on how like his tenure kind of worked out in Dallas um, on Carlisle? Or do you just think like, it didn't really matter who the coach was. Dennis Smith was just, he needed to nah. like, take, take these lumps and he, look, he's turned himself into a pretty nice defensive player and he's carved out a little role for himself, but obviously not what you hope for with that high of a pick. You think that's just, that's not on Carlisle. It's just a Dennis Smith thing.
1: Uh, I think. Here's the thing. I don't want to play the blame game in the way, like, I'm saying, like, yeah, uh, Dennis should, you know, it's his fault or it's his skill set at the time. I just think Rick could have been a bit more, um, like, they weren't a match, like, a player-coach match at the time. And by all reports, granted, you know, I I was in the locker room, but some of the reports were that um, Rick... Kind of purposely kind of pit Luca against Dennis in a way, but it wasn't like that on the player level because Dennis and you know Luca were very close, so it was just like I said, I don't want to make it seem like I'm completely validating those reports, but at the same time, it does sound like Rick to a degree. Um, so I just think, um, they just weren't a, a player coach match, um, at the time, and I think. If Rick at the time as well was starting to kind of grow out of that, out of Dallas and out of that roster, um, by the time he left, I know the basketball world was shocked, but Mavs fans, at least the ones that were being realistic about the team, they knew that Rick was kind of gonna be on his way out, <laughs> um, or it wasn't as shocking when he mm-hmm. left, so yeah, um,
0: all right, so whatever 2018 that draft is kind of like a home run for the the, the mavericks anyway they get luka they dra- take brunson in the second round um so that season goes on did you like they look, look we can just get to this at this point so I, I think it's january 31st i'm almost positive that was the day uh they trade for Christoph Porzingis from the knicks did you have a feeling they were like trying to make make an aggressive move in season because i mean i knew like obviously the there, we knew there was reporting throughout that time in New York that the Mavericks, among other teams, had been interested in Kristaps. There had also been reporting that Kristaps wanted a, a max contract, a guaranteed max contract, and the Knicks were like trying to not do that, um, which is, to me, was was the right play, and I think it has proven out to be that way. Um, d- was there anything from like you had heard on the Dallas side of things of like forget just Kristaps specifically, but was there already an inkling of like holy shit, Lucas really good? Like, we need to just try and capitalize on this window now and his rookie contract is cheap, or did that kind of come out of nowhere as well for you?
1: I mean, it was out of nowhere, just as you know, just putting that out there because one, we never get players, especially at that time, like and the trades we had made were like bad, you know, like kind of around that time, like before then it was um. You know, the Rondo trade that you know flopped, and even in free agency, I, I mean, that year we got, um, you know, DeAndre Jordan, or the year before, sorry, we got DeAndre Jordan, but before that, he spurned us. So, like, the fact that we got Chris Stapps was kind of, uh, you know, ridiculous to um believe at the time, but at the same time, I knew our names were in the talks. I mean, that was just the reporting, um but i didn't think that they would like pull it off um and i mean them at the time i was you know excited about it cuz when i lo- i loved um Chris Stapps. like i don't know if people know or at the, at the time like i was i mean over time i kind of my opinion obviously roller coaster <laughs> yeah 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 as he was on my team but like before that i was a huge um Chris Stapps fan cuz i mean i don't know if people know but i live in new york so <laughs> i went to next games you know he was there like i you know, I was a huge Kristaps fan, um. So the fact that we got him, I was like, okay. And you saw the vision, okay. You know, guard big, just as you know, baseline. And you're thinking, okay, yes, he had injury hit. That was always the you know thing that you think about with him, like okay, he has injury stuff. Um, but at the same time, yes, he's seven three, so that's always a risk, but. The fact that it was like an ACL um, injury, and you've heard of that before, and, you know, guys come back. And I know it's different for some other those guys that are a bit taller, but it wasn't a scary injury. At least that was the thinking. So I'm like, okay, you know, it'll take him a little bit, but he'll come back and pair with our, you know, young guy. So at the time, it seemed great. But as, you know, time went on, and obviously in hindsight, you can say, yeah, that was definitely the wrong move um, at the time um and I think a lot of it stems with not even some so much so of the outside stuff like not getting along and things like that or even role. but the fact that injuries was like a huge factor in why it didn't like you know work but that's you know getting ahead